0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Inspire Podcast. This is Matt. And this is Brad. We are the pastors of Inspire Church in Westfield, Indiana. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening around here, be sure to subscribe to our text updates by texting the keyword INSPIRE. That's N-S-P-I-R-E to 317-451-4111. We hope the following message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. I'm so glad to be here, and I was thankful when Brad and Matt asked me to share this morning about family ministry, and as people started to learn that I was sharing today, they said to me, so your teaching time, is it going to be more like a Brad length or a Matt length? Because Matt can be a little windy. That's what I've heard, and so based on what I've heard, I would say it might be a little more Brad length, but I'm passionate about family ministry, and I have a lot to say, so we'll see how things go. But I am seriously so excited about getting to know your families and getting to be a part of our church, and I'm excited to share with you today. As we go through our discussion this morning, I'd like to use three questions to guide our discussion. And while I don't pretend to know all the answers or even think that my ideas are particularly unique, I hope that by the end of our time together, you will at least hear my heart and that you will hear the importance of family ministry. It's so important in the life of our church. So the questions that I want us to address today are these. The first one, why family ministry? What is it, and why is it important in the life of our church? The second question, what might be some future possibilities? What does family ministry look like now at Inspire, and what might it look like in the future? And the third question is, what roles do we play And I say we because I feel like every single one of us has a role to play in family ministry. We can be able to make an impact on family ministry, whether directly or indirectly. And I want to encourage you to consider what your role might be. Before I dive in, I want to just define a little vocabulary that I'll be using today so we can make sure that we're going to be on the same page. When I use the word children, I'm talking about our birth through elementary age children, so the younger ones. When I use the word students, I'll be talking about teenagers, middle school, junior, senior, high school students. So those older kids. And then when I use the word kids, for me, that's a blanket term for all of them. So children younger, students are older, and kids, everybody. Are we good? Okay, here we go. So let's address that first question Why family ministry? Well, very simply, because everybody in a given family comes together to form a family unit. And to have the greatest impact on the children and the students in those families, you also need to have an impact on the adults who live in that household. And our desire is to minister to the family as a whole. In most families, parents have the greatest amount of time and influence over their children. Parents, you are your kids' first and most important teachers. You are the one who taught them to walk and to talk and to go to the bathroom, praise the Lord. You are the ones that taught them those things. And the first three years of life are perhaps some of the most important as their brains are developing and as they're acquiring language skills. Don't underestimate the power of those first words or the importance of those first words. Don't underestimate the importance of those first steps, because your job is so important, and we want to come alongside you and minister to the whole family. We want to enhance and add to what you're doing. So family ministry here at Inspired allows us as a church to provide age-appropriate teaching and care for your children while you are in this auditorium listening to your own age-appropriate teaching of our pastors. Family ministry allows us to add to the number of adults who are pouring into your children, pouring into your students' lives. It allows us to give prayer support and to give words of encouragement to you. We want you to know that we want to celebrate with you when things are going well and when good things are happening. But we also want to come alongside you. We want to come alongside you in life as a struggle. Because whether your family unit is one person, I'm a household of one. Your family unit may be one person, it might be two. It might be three, five, seven, 12. No matter the size of your family unit. All of our families come together and they make up our church family here at Inspire. And family takes care of family. Your family matters no matter how big or how small. And so we want you to know that you are a priority here. So for our children, we currently offer age-appropriate classes for them for nursery up through fifth grade during our Sunday morning services here. That's, again, to add to and enhance the spiritual education that you're giving your children at home. And here's a scary reminder for all of us. Our kids grow up way too fast, don't they? They grow up so fast. And as they get older, they'll take more responsibility, and they'll start to make more decisions for themselves. And this includes their own spiritual development. So we can lay a foundation, we can do everything we can to teach them about the Bible, to teach them about what it means to follow Jesus. But when they get to a certain age, they take responsibility for that. It shifts to them. So it's important for us to give them every opportunity we can for them to grow and learn. And that's why I think I have such a passion for student ministry. Something to learn about me. My body tells me that I'm nervous by making me really, really thirsty. So forgive me if I take a drink upon occasion. But I love teenagers. And I love that, for the most part, they're potty trained and can feed themselves. (laughs) And that's not a reflection on teenagers as much as it's a reflection on my desire not to serve in the nursery. It's not for everybody. I love babies, the diapers not so much. But I love that students of those ages, those middle school, junior, senior, high school students, they're willing to try new things. They're able to have intelligent conversations. They're learning and they're growing and processing what it means to be an adult. I love that students are are willing to to learn, to be independent, They, they want to be independent, they crave that and they want to make their own way through life. They are responsible for their own spiritual growth, and we need to mentor them and to encourage them and to pour into them and enable them again to make opportunities, to make opportunities to learn, to give them the opportunity. Um, So often you hear that our children and our students are the future of our church, and while that is true, I would say to you that our students, our children, are the church of today. They are here. They are here. They're the church of today. And they're a vital part of INSPIRE. They are smart, they are capable, and they are filled with immeasurable potential. And our children need to be told regularly that they're loved by God, that they were created by God, and that His plans for them are good. And family ministry is about helping to affirm these truths in the lives of our kids. It's about discovering the needs of every family unit and doing our very best to help meet those needs. In the book of Deuteronomy, we read the account of God giving the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel. So Moses takes those commandments, he reads them to the people, and in chapter six, after he reads those commandments, he brings this message from God in verses six through nine. He says, you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So God wanted his people to immerse themselves in the word and also to teach it to their children. He says, tell them again and again, repeat it again and again. That's how our kids learn to talk about it during everyday tasks of life. It's our job to pass on the truths of the Bible to our children, and being intentional about family ministry means coming alongside our families, again, to enhance and support your efforts in teaching your children what it means to be loved by God and also teaching them how we can love others. Let's take a look at the second question that I want to address today. What might be some future possibilities of family ministries here at Inspire. And this is where I get to share some of my ideas and some of my dreams with you. My disclaimer here is that I'm still learning about Inspire. I've learned, I feel like a little bit in the two weeks that I've been here. I have a lot to learn and I may mention things today and you're thinking, well, that already happens here, Tammy. Great, that's fantastic. But I wanna share with you some of my ideas. And before we talk about the future, I just wanna spend a minute talking about the here and now regarding my role and responsibility. My roles and responsibilities here, as I understand it from our leadership, is not to come in and take over everything that you're doing. Tammy's here now, she'll do it all. Nope. It's impossible for one person to do it all. So my role is more to be a catalyst in family ministry, to build upon and enhance what you're already doing. And can I just say, your children's ministry here, it's good. You're doing good things and you have good things in place. But my job is to come along and encourage and support and champion our volunteers. It's to help new volunteers to find their place. It's to find ways to come alongside you and and look at the curriculum that we have to evaluate that and to work with our volunteers to find the right plans moving forward. You know, COVID has kind of wreaked havoc on our world and that's true in church ministry as well. You've not yet been able to get back to what you consider normal here at Inspire Church. So my job is to help maneuver us through this season and find a good way to go forward. So right now we're moving in that direction. But as far as the future goes, I've heard Pastor Matt say numerous times that the best is yet to come. And that excites me because I believe it. The best is yet to come. And it's hard for us to think that way maybe in the middle of a pandemic because we're tempted to think about the things that we've lost rather than the possibilities that may be. But you know, one of our four elements here at Inspire is to embrace wonder, right? So let's not allow our current circumstances to diminish our wonder of a God with whom all things are possible. It is possible that the best is yet to come because God is in it. So let's embrace the idea that his plans are good, that his dreams are even bigger than our dreams, and please listen to me as I share some of my ideas. I thank you for your attention this morning. These are in no order of particular importance, but one of the things that I'd like to see is for our Sunday morning children's ministry to be expanded to include a worship time. I've seen already what an amazing group of musicians and vocalists we have here at Inspire, and I think there are those who would be willing to go down to the children's area on a Sunday morning and spend a few minutes singing songs and and worshiping in that way with our children. I'd like for our children to have more of a presence in this auditorium. Our children learn from watching us and that applies to what we're doing in worship as well. For example, on a child dedication Sunday, I think it's important for our kids to be here and to see what happens when we dedicate that child to the Lord. And when we celebrate this newborn baby, this new life as a vital and important part of our church, even though the child can't do anything, for itself or for us at that moment, but bring us joy, right? But that child is important from the moment it becomes a person, the moment it's born. The other thing I'm thinking is I'd like to see maybe an occasional family Sunday when our children and adults worship together and the teaching and the music are perhaps more kid-friendly on that day so that we can all worship together. I'd like us to be intentional about finding opportunities on special occasions to have kids reading a scripture or saying a prayer or singing a song. Kids need to see how we worship. I don't know if I can say how important that is, but I remember my niece when she was little, maybe a couple years old, we were in a worship service together and I looked over at her and she was standing up on the pew because, you know, little thing, right? Standing up on the pew and she had her hand up in the worship service. And it was the most precious thing to me because you know sometimes that happens in our worship service. People raise their hand just to reach to God or as a testimony that the words of this song mean something to me and they apply to my life. It's just something that some people do. Now was little two year old Sydney worshiping God with her hand up or was she imitating what she saw? I don't know. But what I do know is she was doing what she had been taught to do because she saw it. I believe that our children need to see how we connect with God in worship. They need to see how we connect with one another. They need to see that we sit under teaching too, just like they do in their children's area. We're sitting under teaching by our pastors to build our own spiritual development. Our kids need to see that. I also would love to see our kids involved in all of our efforts to serve our community. The very name of our church speaks to one of our core values. Inspire exists to breathe life into our community. Even our youngest children can help hand out a cold bottle of water in the park on a hot day. Even our children can pick up trash. They can help get our rooms ready for Family Promise Week when we have homeless people in our building. They can help pass out popcorn at movies at the park. There are things that our children can do. What could our kids do to help those groups who meet in our building, like Inspire Latinos or the Mothers from Young Lives? those people that are in our building on a regular basis is there something our kids can do to help us bless them can we surprise them with refreshments one week and pictures drawn by our kids with some encouraging words is there something that we can do in our homes are there are there toys that you can say to your child you know we have a lot of toys and some people don't have toys is there a toy you'd like to give to a child who doesn't have one Can we sanitize those and wrap them up and bring them up nice? Or can we go to the store and buy a new toy and let the kids pick it out? Let our children make those decisions to give to somebody in need. Breathing life into our community doesn't have to be fancy. doesn't have to be complicated. And our children can have an active part and work right alongside us. I said that our children learn by watching what we do. That applies to learning alongside us and doing it with us as well. I have a friend who shared a story with me one day about something that her daughter did. So this mom, when she's getting ready for church in the morning, she takes a mirror and she looks, you know, in the mirror behind her and she's fixing her hair. I know you ladies, some of you do this too. She did it every day and she didn't think anything of it until one day she came into the bathroom and she saw her little girl, little girl, maybe two or three years old, with a mirror and doing this. This kid is this tall. Is she seeing the mirror behind her? No. Does she know why she's doing what she's doing? No. She's probably seeing the sink or the wall, right? But she's doing this because that's what mommy taught her that ladies do. Our kids learn by watching. I want to tell you one more story because it gives me an opportunity to make fun of myself. (laughs) My mom tells the story of when I was a kid, and we went to a baptism, And it was an outdoor baptism, so a lake or a pond. I do not have any memory of this. But she said, we went to the baptism, and when we came home, you were sitting at the kitchen table with a glass of milk and a donut, and you were baptizing those donuts in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. I know somebody here thought I was going to say I was trying to baptize my little sister, but no, my siblings are safe. It was donuts. But I did that because it's what I saw. It's what I saw and had set as an example. I learned by watching and imitating what they did, and our children learn that way too, and we need to be aware of that. We need to give them opportunities to see us and to participate in things like worship and serving our community. Another thing i love to see in our future. I am a firm believer in the power of words, and we have a beautiful children's area that is full of color and light, and I would love to see some key words and phrases on those walls. Words to remind our kids that they are loved by God, that they were created by God, and that God's plans for them are good. I want them to see those words and hear those words every time they step foot in our children's ministry space. And if our kids can embrace and really understand what those words mean, it will build them up and it will empower them It will allow them to recognize that their lives have value and that their future is bright. And in our world today, they need to know the future is bright. We've come through a difficult year. From the youngest person to the oldest person, it's been hard. They need to know that their future is bright because God has good plans for them. They need to know that they're never alone because they're loved by the God who created them. Words have power, and I dream of seeing those words on those walls in the future. And this leads me to another thing. Not only do I believe in the power of words, but I believe in the power of story. And I would love to have individuals from Inspire sharing their stories with our children and our students. Another one of our elements here at Inspire is to live authentically. And our kids need to hear your stories. They need to hear how knowing Jesus has impacted your life and blessed your life, how it has changed you and impacted you. But they also need to hear you get real and tell them that life is a struggle sometimes. Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes we suffer because of our own choices and the consequences that come because of those. Our kids need to hear that. They need to hear that sometimes we suffer because life is just hard. Nobody ever said life is fair. It's hard. But our kids need to hear that. They need to know that God is with us through those struggles and that God will bring us through to the other side. You know, we read about in the Bible that God who always came through for his people, who performed miracles, amazing miracles for his people. I think about the Israelites in the desert. They were there for 40 years wandering in the desert. It was hard. It was a struggle. And while they were there, God brought them something out of nothing, He parted the water for them, literally. He brought them water out of a rock. He had food literally falling from the heavens to provide for their needs. He allowed them to defeat their enemies. He forgave them when they were rebellious and did really stupid and sinful things. Our kids need to hear that that God is the God who's with us today. The same God who did all those things for the Israelites back then is here with us today and is able to help us through any struggle. Because if they can hear that that God brought you through a struggle, if they can hear your story and how God has been faithful to you, then they will know that he will do it for them too. Our kids need to hear your story. And one of my hopes and dreams is that that will happen often in our future. In the future, I'd love to see us following a strategic plan that includes a timeline of when we'll teach our children core values and truths from God's Word. This plan would be posted in a visible place so that everybody could see it, so that you could see what Bible stories and scriptures and key concepts we're teaching our children at various ages. And the goal would be that whether at the time they leave children's ministry, they'd have a good foundation of those important truths and biblical lessons that can be built on through higher learning in our student ministry and then into adulthood and beyond. I would like to see every junior and senior high school student who attends Inspire being personally mentored by an adult from this congregation. Besides our parents and other family members, imagine if our students had another adult who checked in with them on Sunday morning, who would go to their ball games and their other events, who encourages them and takes an interest in what's important to them. And a big part of mentoring students is praying with and for them and doing life together, listening to their concerns, and just being a source of encouragement and support. I'd like to see our children and students participating in spiritual growth events with other students outside of Inspire. Some of these possibilities might include special classes or going to camps or conventions or partnerships with Christian organizations like Young Life or Youth for Christ or Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And while there's value in the things they would learn from participating in those things, there's also value in being with other Christian students who are their age. And again, having other adults to pour into them. They need support outside of their home and outside of their church as well. And they can find that in our community. There are lots of opportunities out there if we will just make them available. I would love to see us hosting events here before and after school hours with students from, other, from schools where they can walk over here. You know, right down the road, right? We are strategically located here. Students could walk to Inspire. I'd like them to be able to meet adults here who care about them and will love them just because God created them, just because God loves them. These are just a few of the things that I hope are a part of Inspire's Future. And the final question today is, what roles do we play in family ministry? I said earlier that I believe every single one of us has a role to play. You know, that word calling gets tossed around a lot. People are called to ministry or you must be called to children's ministry but I believe we use that word in a very narrow focus because my belief is that everyone is called, but that the call is to obedience. All God wants is for us to be obedient and do what we feel like he's leading us to do. Some of you are great teachers and you would thrive in a role where you're actively involved in teaching lessons to our children. And I think that when we talk about children's ministry, maybe that's what people think. I have to be right in front of kids. I don't like kids, don't look at me. (laughs) There are some people that might be thinking that. But the truth is, each of us can have an impact, whether directly or indirectly. There's a role for every single person. And the first thing is something that everybody can do because it starts with prayer. No other role in family ministry is as powerful or as simple as prayer. Pray for our kids. Pray for our volunteers who work hands-on with our kids. Pray for our families. I love that the last section that we looked at in the Win the Day book was seeding the clouds. And I highlighted a quote when I was reading that in the book where Batterson says, Seeding clouds is dreaming big and thinking long, and it starts with praying hard. Don't underestimate the power of one brave prayer. Are you able to pray bravely for our kids? Maybe you're not able to chase them around in the classroom. Maybe you know that after five minutes, you'd be pulling your hair out or getting physical. (laughs) But can you pray for our students? Another possible role is supporting our volunteers. If you're not the person to be back there active with kids, fine. But can you encourage our volunteers? One of the things that drew me to inspire was the high percentage of people in your church who volunteer in different ministry areas. It's incredible. I don't know if you understand what a big deal it is that such a high percentage of your people, you volunteer, you are willing and have a heart to serve. Your leadership has had nothing but good things to say about how you want to impact your community, how you want to make this space available so that it can be utilized in a way that impacts our community. You're ready and willing to serve in so many different ways. So maybe your role can be to encourage those people when you see them to just say thank you, to send a note or a card or a text or an email. People love to hear the word thank you, no matter how those words are delivered. Words have power, right? Thank you, two very strong and positive words. There are a lot of logistical roles involved in family ministries, a lot. Maybe you're a person who's tech savvy, who could help us with check in or with sound or with video in our children's area. Maybe you're someone who likes details and spreadsheets and you could maybe help with some scheduling issues. Could you run copies of lessons for our teachers? It's a simple task, but we need somebody who's willing to do that and help with that. Could you assist a teacher? In helping our children with a craft or keeping them on focus or keeping their fingers out of their noses. The kids, not the teachers. Speaking of fingers and noses, could you volunteer to, to clean toys and sanitize toys and wipe down tables when we're done? These are all things that have to be done. Can you sing? Can you play an instrument? Would you help lead our children in worship? There's something that everyone can do. Do you enjoy hanging out with teenagers like I do? Could you become one of those mentors? And be with our students one on one to do some mentoring with our junior and senior high school students? Could you help with a game? Could you furnish snacks? If you feed them, they will come, and that's important. Do you have a flexible schedule that might allow you to chaperone an overnight event with students, to go to a camp or a convention? Or has God blessed you financially and you're able to help in that way? Because a lot of these things we would like to do with our students cost money and we will need money to help seed those things and allow our students to take advantage of those opportunities. There are so many ways in which you can serve, and let me tell you another thing that every single one of us can do, and that is learn their names. Believe me, as a new person coming in here, I know what a challenge it is to try to learn names when there's a mask covering most of your face. It's intimidating. But I've told you that I believe in the power of words, What's one of the first words that a child learns? His or her name. Names are important. Learn their names and call them by names when you see them in the hallways. Give them an elbow bump or a high five. Let them know that you see them. A lot of children, they go unseen or people would like them to be unseen. Let's not be that way. Let's not be those people. Let's be people who learn their names. If you can learn even five names of kids here at Inspire... Show them that you love them because God created them and God loves them. Learn their names and get to know our kids. Maybe you know you have teaching abilities, but that's intimidating. It's intimidating to think about teaching. Let me just tell you that anytime I'm given a responsibility to teach, I'm overwhelmed and I wear a heavy weight. I carry a very heavy weight because of that. Because I think about being able to, to bring God's word to anybody. Who am I to try to say what God would have me to say? It can be intimidating. And so I often go back to what I consider one of my favorite verses. It's found in Second Timothy chapter 2. It says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed but who correctly handles the word of truth. An approved worker who correctly handles the word of truth, what does it mean? It sounds daunting. And for teachers, I understand it's intimidating. But I would offer my personal interpretation of this scripture, that as far as approval goes, I believe teachers gain approval just through their faith in Jesus Christ. Because how can you teach anyone else about the love of God if you haven't experienced it for yourself? So I feel like in my mind, having faith in Jesus is the most important thing to qualify our teachers. And as far as correctly handling God's word, teachers should always strive to gain knowledge of the word. We all should do that. So yeah, you should do your homework. You should know what you're talking about. But do you have to be a biblical scholar? No. If you don't know the answer, you can find it out. But... You need to know the basic truths so you can pass it on. But if you're still intimidated and you're thinking, what if I make a mistake? What if I misinterpret? What if I give the wrong answer? Well, consider this. Human mistakes have no effect on the promises of God. Even if you were to intentionally misuse or abuse Scripture, you do not have the power to destroy it. So it's intimidating and you think, I don't know enough to teach a child about Jesus. Sure you do. You can learn it and you can't destroy God's word or harm it because his truth is always gonna be his truth. So if God's calling you to do that, he'll equip you to do it. One final thing I wanna say to each of us, as one of my friends in ministry used to say, if you are feeling inadequate, you're in the right place. If you are feeling inadequate or overwhelmed, you're in the right place because we can't do effective family ministry under our own power. But we can rely on God to do his thing. Here's another verse that I love from 1 Corinthians 3, 7. It says, Neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. We can do the work, we can be obedient to God, and we can fulfill our role, but we are not responsible for the results. It is God who brings about the results and makes things grow. It's God that takes our obedience and our efforts and blesses them to bring about change and to make a difference in the lives of our kids. In closing, I want to share a story with you about a man named James Hudson Taylor. James was born in Yorkshire, England, the son of a Methodist preacher. And from birth, his parents prayed that God would use their son to bring Jesus to other people. So at the age of four years old, think about a four-year-old you know. At the age of four years old, James declared to his parents, when I am a man, I will go to China and tell people about Jesus. How many four-year-olds you know who talk like that? But that's what James said to his parents as a four-year-old child. But when James grew up, he became a teenager and he was more interested in money. He was inter- more interested in being with his friends. So he took a job in a bank as a junior clerk, He got rowdy with those friends and got into some trouble, but mom and dad never stopped praying for him. And when James was 17, still very young, he once again told his parents, I am certain that God is calling me to China. And by the age of 21, James was in China, where he would serve as a missionary for 51 years And during that time, he learned Mandarin and he translated the Bible into Chinese. He established multiple churches. He recruited more than 800 additional missionaries to come to China and to work with him. It's estimated that James baptized over 50,000 people. That's a lot of donuts. He baptized over 50,000 people, and most of those he had personally introduced to the way of Jesus. Why do I tell you that story about James? First of all, because it started with a parent's prayer for their newborn son. Prayer is important, it's powerful. Secondly, I tell that story because as a four-year-old, and again, as a 17-year-old, James listened to God's voice. Those formative years are so important. And thirdly, because I came across a quote by him and I thought, who is this guy? So I actually found the quote first, and then I went and looked up James's story. And this is the quote, which I found very encouraging. It says, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. As a person who's new here to Inspire, and I'm trying to learn names behind the masks, and and I'm thinking about the task of learning about your processes and recruiting volunteers, I found this very encouraging that God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. So if it's adult volunteers that we need, God will supply them. If it's finances that we need, God will supply them. If it's new curriculum we need, he'll help us to find it. If it's time or energy or wisdom, God will supply it. God loves us, church. He created us, and his plans for us are good. The best is yet to come. And let me just tell you, I'm not sure if anybody is completely comfortable working with kids. Because it can be hard. It can be challenging. It can be loud. It can be messy. They ask some of the most difficult questions. They challenge me. But I know that even though it can be a thankless job and a difficult job, it is worth it. And it can also be very rewarding. And if we keep seeding those clouds... We're going to see a return someday. Sometimes we actually get to see the fruit of our labor. I want to bring us back to prayer as we close. Prayer is powerful, and it changes things. There's an old saying that when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. And so I want us to pray today. And actually, next Sunday, we're starting a new series on the Lord's Prayer. So I invite you to join us For that important series coming up. But I'm going to pray for us, and I want to give you a way to communicate with us um, about the future here at Inspire. I've created a survey, and there'll be a link here. All you have to do is text the word future to this number in our text chain. And there are some of the roles there that I mentioned today for family ministries. If there's something you're interested in, you just want to talk to me about it more. If you have questions, if you want to push back, you say, I think this is a bad idea what you were talking about. I don't think that's for us. I want to hear from you good or bad, I want you to give us some feedback today. So I hope you'll follow that link and do that for me. Thank you so much for being here and giving me your attention. And I'd like to close us in prayer this morning. God, you are good. You do love us more than we can imagine. And your plans for us are good. I thank you that your plans for us are for a good future. Lord, the best is yet to come but only if you bless it and you're with us. So thank you for your presence with us. Thank you for those who serve in family ministries today and who are already pouring into our children. Bless those who are with our children right now in the other part of our building. You have blessed us abundantly and richly, and we just ask that you would challenge us and give us the courage to be obedient to you. We give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Westfield area, we'd love to see you at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions and more information about our services and family ministries, check out our Facebook page or visit us online at www.inspire.church.